God bless you all. Thank you all for joining us here at Encounter Church. We are blessed to have every single one of you here present. Um, and we're so thankful for you taking the time to connect, the time to be here at Encounter Church. Um, and we're also thankful for the worship team. They did a great job uh, worshiping and leading us into God's presence. I do feel like um, something that's been in my heart is just the, the love of our Father and just be abiding in Him and just enjoying His presence, His love. Um, I think about the prodigal son, that story has been in my heart. And I think in the song that we just sang, we're, we're saying, I'm sorry, you know, for all the times that we're thinking about other things and thinking about like we come here just following our agenda and things like that. And we may feel bad, but I, I just think of the prodigal son when he returns and he's, he's saying all, he has this big list of like apologies to give to the father and the father just welcomes him, hugs them before he could even say a word. And I, I think... Uh, we should all be reminded of God's love and mercy for us, and His mercy is like just beyond our comprehension. We we think we have to get this list, this awesome list of repentance, and give it to Him. But and and we do, and we strive to you know repent. But even our our list, it, it doesn't compare to the love and forgiveness that He has. Um, so just just be reminded of that. Uh, today, we are going to talk about a relationship with God and listening to Him. Um, if you have your Bibles, feel free to open it up with me to uh, John 10, 27. John 10, 27. Uh, I, we're just reading one verse, and this is Jesus talking. And Jesus said this in John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. My sheep know my voice. I know them, and they follow me. All right. With that, uh, let us close our Bibles, and let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for being with us, Lord, and allowing us just to be in your presence for no other reason than just being here with you. Because you are enough. You, you are what we're made for. We, we are made so we could have a relationship with you. And sometimes we get distracted by everything of life. But Lord, in this moment, let us return and remember what it's all about. Let us hear your voice in Jesus' name. I believe that you can hear the voice of God. I believe that the same God who spoke the word to people we, we read about in the scriptures in the Bible is the same God who can speak to you today. Maybe you have felt like you can't hear the voice of God. Maybe you feel like you, you, you hear these stories about people encountering God and you just think, that, that doesn't happen to me. That, that can't happen to me. So you feel confused. You feel upset. You feel like God likes you less since you haven't heard his voice or you don't have these out-of-the-world experiences. But let me tell you, it is very likely that you have heard the voice of God, but you don't know it or you just don't recognize it. 
Maybe you don't know the voice of God because you have the wrong perception of hearing on hearing the voice of God. You might have heard of others having this like out of the world experience where they hear an audible voice or they're getting a word when the Bible just falls and it falls to the perfect verse. And while those things can happen, it hasn't happened to me, at least not on a regular basis. These things can be if we just focus on like this audible voice or the, the Bible opening up to the specific verse that is just the perfect verse. If we just overly highlight these things, it can be unfortunate because then people reduce God's relationship, a relationship with God to an audible voice that only appear, that only some appear to hear. But in my experience, I hear God, not through an audible voice or not through a random verse that appears on my phone, maybe a daily verse. I hear God because of the intimacy of our relationship. I hear God because I am close to Him. And in our relationship, it's a two-way street. We pray to God. And we need to learn to perceive what he is saying to us, not, not just talking to God. Talking to God is easy, or at least it should be. You just tell him what's going on. You could pray the Lord's Prayer. You could tell him your problems, and like a good father, he will listen. You could give thanks. Telling God, that, that's easy. Telling God stuff, that's easy. But the part that is challenging is perceiving what he is telling us. For many, it seems difficult or even unapproachable. Many think that God doesn't speak today. But let's say you do believe that he speaks. Then if he does speak, how, how can you even be confident that he is speaking to you? All I could say is that you learn through experience. And your focus when hearing God should be on building a personal relationship with your Creator. When your focus is on Him and less on individual actions or decisions, that is when you start to hear God's direction for your life. Yes, we want specifics. And God does reveal specifics at times. But our main goal when we start hearing the voice of God, the main goal is for us to grow with Him so that we can worship Him, so that we can adore Him, so that we can do His will, so that we can bring His kingdom, so that we can delight in His creation. Our ultimate goal when we're trying to hear from God is to glorify Him. It's not so we could say, oh, look at me, I hear God's voice, therefore I'm cooler or superior. No, we hear from God so that we can glorify Him and grow in our relationship with Him. We cannot forget that we are social and spiritual beings. We are designed for an intimate friendship with God. Dallas Willard, who really helped me out and has influenced this message, he said, learning to hear from God, hear God, is much more about becoming comfortable in a continuing conversation and learning to constantly lean on the goodness and love of God. It's much more 
about conversation, about leaning on him, than it is about turning God into an ATM for advice or treating the Bible as a crystal ball. Sometimes we use the Bible like it's an eight ball. God, tell us what you want us to do. But that's not how we should approach it. We shouldn't go to the Bible just to get answers. We shouldn't go to prayer just to get something we want. We go into prayer and the Word so we could learn about God and so that we could build a conversation, a relationship with God, and so that we could learn to lean on Him for everything. And that is my goal today. It is so that you can grow in your relationship with God by hearing Him, hearing God, hearing God. This is a, a crazy idea, and it can be dangerous. People have said they have heard from God, and then they do horrible things in the name of God. And to be honest, it, it kind of pushes me away from saying, thus says the Lord. But still, even though some people may wrongly say that they hear from God, hearing God is still super important. According to the scriptures, since the very beginning, people have heard the voice of God. And that makes me think, what, what if we were made for this? What if humans cannot function properly without hearing from God? I think it's even more dangerous to exist without hearing from God. We need his help as we navigate in this life. Our hearts cannot handle making all of the decisions of life alone and then feeling responsible and guilty for our decisions. We need to partner with God. We are created to be friends with him and we want to do God's will. And generally speaking, we are doing God's will when we are leading the kind of life he wants us to live. The kind of life that follows the principles which he has revealed to us. But even then, it seems like we don't hear what he wants for us in the area of work or at homes or for our entire lives. Like, we understand we need to show love. But how does that look like? How does showing love look like in our lives, at work, at home? How does that look like? But that's why we need to hear the voice of God. Like, if we want to know what God wants us to do, what he wants us to be, we need to have a personal walk with him, a walk that comes from your ongoing conversational relationship with God. There was this monk from the 17th century in France, and he said, there is not in the world a kind of life more sweet and delightful than that of a continual conversation with God. Nothing better than that. Those only can comprehend it who practice and experience it. Yet, I do not advise you to do it from that motive. You shouldn't just go seek a relationship with God so that you could have this sweet and delightful life. It is not pleasure which we ought to seek in this exercise, but let us do it from a principle of love and because God would have us. We seek God for God. We seek God for no other reason than God himself. We need to get in the mentality of the song that we sing. 
In the song, nothing else, it says, I'm not here for blessings. Jesus, you don't owe me anything more than anything that you can do. I just want you. Nothing else will do. It is not pleasure which we seek God, but we seek God for God. And if we do that as a good father, yes, he will give us blessings. Yes, he will give us what we need. But we seek God for God. If we go in with this mentality that we're going to seek pleasure, you're, you're probably not going to find pleasure or God. But if you go in this relationship for God himself, you will find both God and, he, and pleasure. And, he, and he'll give us more than we could ever ask for. Because that is the type of God we serve. Have you ever heard pastors or preachers say, God has told me X? And X could be a lot of things. It could be, uh, you're going to marry so-and-so. It could be, uh, you better not get that job or something like that. God has told me X. I don't say that often because I I do think like we need to bring attention to the scriptures, what God has certainly said. But I have said like God has led me this way or I feel that God is pulling me this way. But anyways, I I know that when when we hear people say God told me X, we, we, we feel like why hasn't God told me something? And then we feel like outsiders. But God never intended his children to be outsiders in his family. In fact, God probably speaks to you as he speaks to pastors and preachers. You just don't recognize it or understand it as such. You just don't have that same language or paradigm to understand how God speaks to you. God accepts you and speaks to you. It is just very likely that you don't relate your experience of God's presence in your life, and and you're certain, you know that he is present, but you just don't equate it with the idea of God speaking to you. I've mentioned it before. I, I, I haven't heard God's audible voice. There wasn't a time where I just heard something. I've gotten ideas that feel like God's voice, like... Like, I know when I started my walk with Jesus, I, I knew God was with me through prayer, through the Bible. I was confident of the scriptures, that he, he would never forsake me, that he would always be with me. I knew God was moving in my life since my heart had changed, my desires had changed, my priorities had changed. I felt an attraction also in my giftings and, te- and, and talents to teach and letting others know about God, about what he's saying through the Bible. Experience showed me that it wasn't something natural. It wasn't me. It, it, it wasn't just me having natural gifting or passions. It was God speaking to me. God moving in me. The same spirit that spoke to the prophets. It was the same spirit that was leading me and continues to lead me. And that's the same spirit that is within all of you. The same spirit that led people to write the Bible is the same spirit of, that dwells within us when we gather around the Bible. We need God's spirit to talk to our hearts. We need much more than the word in our head. We need the word within our hearts. To live in an ongoing conversation with God, speaking and being spoken to. A conversation that 
doesn't just take place on Sundays. We need God's visits to Adam and Eve in the garden. Enoch's walks with God and the face-to-face conversation between Moses and Yahweh. All of these experiences, they, they're normal to the human life that God intends for us. God desires to dwell with his people through personal presence and fellowship. And we need to live by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Saying that we hear from God might be weird to say, because people might think we're crazy. But as a comedian once said, why is it when we speak to God, we are said to be praying? But when God speaks to us, we are said to be schizophrenic. So many people will pray to God this week at least once, but many of them don't expect to hear from God. And again, I've, I've alluded to this before, but, but I do feel like a reason we are scared to hear from God is that, or at least say that we hear from God, is that so many people have gotten things wrong when they have said that they heard from God. Like a false prophet would say that God told him that Donald Trump would be inaugurated as president for a second term in 2020. Or that the world was going to end in 2012. Or that God told him that it would end at 2000. Like we don't want to to look like them. We don't want to give God a bad rep. But God does speak. And not just to church leaders. Before Jesus was crucified, he promised his disciples that he would still be with them, even though he was leaving them. John 14, 22 to 23, it says, uh, one of the disciples, Judas, not Iscariot, he said, Lord, how is it you're going to reveal yourself to us and not to the world? And then Jesus answered, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. The Father and the Son would enter the disciples, that's including us, and they would make home within our hearts through the Spirit. The Spirit. Dallas Willard, he, he said that the Spirit who inhabits us. If you believe in Jesus, you repented of your sins, if you're a follower of Christ, the Spirit dwells within you. And that Spirit who inhabits us is not mute. He could speak. And He doesn't restrict Himself to an occasional nudge or a hot flash or a brilliant image or a case of goosebumps. That's not what He restricts Himself to. The Spirit invites us to a relationship with God. And there is no way to have a relationship with God without communication. Any relationship that we have includes communication. God walks and talks in our midst. And this is part of the kingdom being present, Luke 17, 21. For you see, the kingdom of God is in your midst. Our relationship with God is not a consumeristic relationship. It's not, Christianity is not a consumer religion. We don't just benefit from the merits of Christ. We're, we are participants, not spectators. We seek to interact with God in a relationship of listening and speaking. And nothing is more central to the Christian life than the relationship that you have with God. In fact, you cannot be 
a Christian without a relationship with God. Look at all the songs, I'm not going to quote all of them, but the hymns of church history, and look how central a relationship with God it is. Here, here's a list of some. Savior, like a shepherd, lead us. All the way, my Savior leads me. We're getting this idea of God personally leading us. Lead on, or King eternal. Where he leads me, lead kindly light. He leadeth me. Holy Spirit, faithful guide. Jesus, Savior, pilot me. If thou but suffer God to guide thee, guide me, O thou great Jehovah. And Jesus, still lead on. And the song that I would regularly sing at a senior retirement home would go like this. He walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. A relationship where he guides us is key in order to have that type of relationship, to have that type of life. You need to... You need to have conversations with God. You need a relationship with God. Before going any further, uh, I, am, I must admit that, yes, God speaks to us and guides us through his relationship. But sometimes, even when we hear his word, uh, things don't go fully as we perceived it to go. We may interpret things differently. God gives us enough information to do what we ought to do, what we should do. But he may withhold some information because sometimes if we had all of the information, we wouldn't do what we should do. So while God will speak to us, some things will remain a secret. Like, let's say for example, just as an example, God did reveal to you everyone who would follow Jesus. If that was the case, then maybe you wouldn't share Jesus to other people, right? So God may keep things a secret to show you just a couple things, not everything, so that you would still act as you should act. As disciples of Christ, we we should still, even though we won't get the full picture, get everything that we need, uh, he'll give us everything that we need, but he won't show us everything that there is to know. We still need a relationship with him. Uh, And today I'm going to tell you about an exercise that could help us just hear God's voice for us. Um, But before doing that, I have some guidelines that could uh, be very helpful. And again, Dallas Willard really helped me out with this. But the first one is um, God, and you could also write this, communicates. And hopefully I do well with my spelling. (laughs) And uh, God communicates to us in many forms, in many ways, or many forms. Humans, uh, we, we communicate in different forms, right? We communicate through facial expressions, texts, likes, speech, written form. And why don't we then expect the possibility that God could communicate to his children in different ways? All right, next one is having the wrong motives, and this is something we should not have, the wrong motives, okay? And something we should check ourselves. We might be anxious about the future, so we might try to manipulate God, use him like an ATM or as a crystal ball, to, so he could tell us about the future. 
that we're, we're approaching him with the wrong motives. We don't want to have the wrong motives. Again, we want to hear God because of our relationship with him and so that we could do his will, not because we want comfort or security. We just want to be with him. Another thing is misconceiving the nature of our Heavenly Father. We need to know who, the character, the nature of our Heavenly Father. If you have the wrong picture of who God is, you might be thinking He is saying something He is not. He, he is gracious. He is loving. He is just. But if you, you feel like God is telling you something that is rude or mean or unkind or, or hateful, obviously that's not God because God's character, God's nature is not like that. You need to know that He is, yes, for you, but He is also for others. He is also for holiness and goodness, and sometimes that might require you to do something you wouldn't want to do, for the good, of course. And then, um, this is no messages, or no message a minute. So what that means, essentially, is I don't think God is going to tell you what to do at every turn. Like, maybe at times he will, but I don't see it with the apostles. Like, they're always receiving communication on what road to take, on what to eat that morning, or things like that. So don't expect all of these specifics. Uh, he'll give you general guidelines, but I, I don't see in Scripture evidence for this message a minute, every minute. He's telling you, turn right, open this door, and so on and so forth. And um, this one, make sure, this is in context. Uh, it's not all in the Bible. Okay, and please first hear me out. I love the Bible. It's awesome. Um, but in, in the Bible, it is enough for us to live a godly life. It is sufficient. But, uh, and it is enough to live the life that God wants us. But the Bible does not give us direct instruction about a lot of situations in our life. Like, like we know the Bible tells us we're supposed to honor, we're, supposed to, we're not supposed to worship idols, and it tells us enough to live fulfilled lives. But there are things that the Bible are not explicit about, like the Bible didn't tell us exactly what songs to sing today. It didn't tell us exactly what I should wear. It didn't tell me what I should preach today. Neither will it give you specifics about raising your child. It'll give you like general principles, but it's not going to give you specifics, not every detail. Now, now let's get into the nitty gritty. Uh, there are a lot of exercises that you could do to help you recognize the voice of God. Um, and I'm just going to present to you one today because of time. Next year, I'll present you another exercise. But this exercise could help you at least start like sensing what God is saying. So before telling you this exercise, let me talk about other, other guidelines and, and about our nature. So God could have created a world of robots instead of people who love him and understand his role in the kingdom and their works. If we were just robots, if that was the case, there wouldn't be relationships and there wouldn't be a conversation. But God made us as humans so we could listen and obey. 
If, if we were just robots, we would be robbed from taking the initiative and the freedom that is part of a true relationship with God. God wants us to cooperate. He wants us to be his partner. And because we understand what he wants through our relationship, not just because he told us, but because we understand what he wants, we, and we want to do what he wants because we love him, we, we do it. And what does he want? Well, first of, all, first of all, he wants us to love him. We are to love God, love him, therefore we want to please him. Second, we want, we, 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 uh, second, we love others. And third, we understand that humans can talk with God. Something that could help us, and this fits with the exercise that we are going to do, is having this idea that we understand that the events that happen within the Bible could have happened to us. That the people within the Bible are humans, just like us. This book is not just a book about doctrine, about teachings and things like that. It's not about abstract truths. It's not just about abstract truths concerning God. The Bible actually prepares you, trains you, to see how God works with people. But this leads us to another problem, and it's a massive problem within Christianity. We have simply stopped reading the Bible altogether. And that pains me. The Bible is something we take like medicine because someone told us that it would be good for us. But let me tell you, that type of mentality, it won't get you far if you just go off by, oh, somebody told me it was good for me, but you don't see it yourself. My mom told me to take some detox pills for my kidney. And I have a procedure tomorrow, so keep me in your prayers. But she told me that it would be good for me. And I did good for a couple of weeks taking the detox pills, just listening to my mom because I believed that it was good for me because she told me. But I have stopped now for several weeks. Why? Because I didn't see, my mom says not again, but because I didn't see the good for it myself. You need it for the Bible. I could tell you that it's so good for you, but you need to see for yourself that it is good for your soul. You need to see the goodness of Scripture. And you might see it as God's word. You need to see it that it is God speaking to us. Many churches do. They, they see that the Bible is God's word. But sadly, only a small percentage of Christians study the Bible with some degree of interest, intelligence, or joy. Most people would rather watch a good show on Netflix or a YouTube video than read the Bible. Let me help you read your Bible. We, we could talk about it, Whenever you want, you can understand it. And even the lives that we read within the Bible can change your life. Through their stories and writings, you can hear God. Why? Because their experience is like ours. They are human, just like us. When we read the Bible, use your imagination. How would you respond if you were Moses standing by the bush? Samuel lying in the room, in his room, hearing God's voice. And Ananias receiving a vision about Paul, or Peter getting this dream about dirty animals. And while you're reading, pray for faith, believing that these things can 
happen to you. And whatever you hear, receive it with humility. Now to this exercise, it's called Lectio Divina, which is Latin for divine reading. And it, this has been a common way for Christians over the centuries to hear from God. And, and I'll give you a structure for it. Um, and you could follow it as you grow. You could change it up. Feel free to change it up. But I want us to do this exercise together. And it could practice us, get us ready, work out the muscles so we could hear from God. So before getting started, it's important to have a portion of scripture ready. Uh, you could look it up or you could pray about God. Where are you leading me to read? Um, when I was preparing for this message, I was getting a nudge to look at 1 John. Uh, so if you have your Bibles with me, let's do this together. Let's do this exercise. Uh, so go to 1 John. It's towards the end of your Bible. Um, 1 John. And we'll be going to chapter 4. And I have uh, the, the reference, the Bible reference up there. So 1 John chapter 4, and we'll be starting from verse 7, and uh, we'll go to verse, I know that we have um, up there 12, but it's supposed to be 21, so my bad, um, but we'll read to 21. So the first part, um, and we're going to do this together, I'll read, but this is an exercise that I really encourage you to at least try it two times this week, and hopefully you develop it just reading the Bible. So the first part of this is called Lectio, and we're going to do this together again, so you could see it live in 4K and know what's going on. So um, I've included the different steps on your notes, so you could also like fill out things as we're going, and also you take it home and... Um, you use it at home. Use it at home. So lectio or lectio is reading, um, and when you are reading, just during this time, just listen with your heart. You could follow along as we're going through. I'll be reading from the CSB, so it might sound a little bit different from your version, um, but just listen to it as we go through um, this passage. So First John uh, four seven. Dear friends, let us love one another, because love is from God, and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, because God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent His one and only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. Love consists in this, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, if God loved us in this way, we also must love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God remains in us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we remain in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and we testify that the father has sent his son as the world's savior. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God remains in him and he in God. And we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and the one who remains in love remains in God, and God remains in him. 
verse 17. In this, love is made complete with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love. Instead, perfect love drives out fear because fear involves punishment. So the one who fears is not complete in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, and yet hates his brother or sister, he is a liar. For the person who does not love his brother or sister, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. And we have this command from him. The one who loves God must also love his brother and his sister. So the first part, Lectio, you just read it and listen to it with your heart. The next part, which is meditatio, which is meditate or reflect, um, you, you would take the time, we're not going to take time, but if you were practicing this on your own, you would take the time to read it again slowly. And think about, I listed some questions there, and try to answer those questions like, what word or phrase stood out while you read that? And what, why do you think these words resonated with you? Who or what found yourself to be in the passage? Like, who were you able to relate with? How does it feel to be this person or object? What draws you? What are you thinking or feeling about God? And give yourself a few minutes to do this. And then ask God, how does this connect with my life today? And what do I need to do? know or be or do like for me just as an example the word love it appears over and over and that stands out for me and it stands out for me in two ways first the love that God has for us that he sent his one and only son to die on our behalf as an atoning sacrifice even though we didn't deserve it at all and he still did it out of his love that stands out to me and then the other side is what we're supposed to do. Because God has loved, we also love others. And then you just think about that. How could that be true in my life? And you use the word of God, hear from God, and let it guide you. And then oratio, which is like oración in Spanish, which means prayer. Pray about what you have discovered. Pray however you are led. God, I learned about your love, that you love me, Lord. May I love others now. You just pray and spend time doing that. And then lastly, the very last thing is contemplation, where you rest or contemplate. You just stay there in silence and you listen to God. How did God appear in the passage? What are you, and what, what, what can you do in response? Just stay there and just in God's presence and let him lead you and hear from him, be with him. And I encourage you to take some time this week practice it once or twice and hopefully eventually you could do it every day but try to just practice it once or try this four step lecture divina something christians have done for centuries and you'll see that you're training yourself to recognize god's voice and do this not to so you could say oh look at me i'm so much cooler i could hear god's voice now i have an idea of what god wants for me but do this Stay meek and humble and do this so you could grow in Christ, grow in God. Let's all pray.
Heavenly Father, thank you for being with us. And Lord, I pray that every person here may grow in you, however they may do it, but let them grow in you. Let them see your beauty, see your love, see the need for you. We can't do it without you. We are designed, we, we were made for you. And the thing is that you want us to be with you. So Lord, let us be with you. It's not like a, we're battling with you. God, just give it to me. No, you want to, to do that. So let us just spend time there and let us develop a language with you and love you and to hear you. In the name of Jesus, we all pray.